Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 960. It never hurts to ask. No matter how ridiculous, no matter how out of the box it might be, it's just a great way to get ahead in life. And I tell everybody this and even people that are kind of shy from asking me a question on social media or whatever, you know, because I'm a host of some TV show or whatever. I, I just say, you know, just just ask me. I'm a normal guy. Don't be afraid to ask. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the president. Just ask. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Chris Duke. Hey, Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Light them up, brother. Here we go. Chris Duke is the creator, executive producer, and host of Motors TV, a half-hour syndicated television series available to over 200 million television households in the U.S. and Canada, plus online at YouTube, iTunes, Roku, and more. He also reviews cars for Duke's Drive and talks tech in Duke's Tech. This year will mark his 100th episode and 10 years of his automotive improvement show. Congratulations, Chris. That is insane. Awesome. Chris is a true automotive enthusiast with more than 31 years of experience in hands-on vehicle customization and an 18-year veteran of the automotive industry. Previously, he served as a magazine editor as well as the host and co-writer for Auto Center a web series produced for Mobile One. So, Chris, uh, you're a pro here. I'm hoping to learn some things from you today. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, of course. Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on your show, Mark. I really love your interview style because you get into it deep with your guests. Oh, I'd, I'd you. like to like to tell you that you're like the Oprah of the car world, man. <laughs> well, if I could be as big and famous as Oprah, I'll take that compliment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I live in San Diego. I'm married 26 years. I've got two girls, 12 and 22, but I was just born just north of here in Upland, California. And even though I was born in Southern California and live here now, I was actually raised up in your neck of the woods in the Northwest. Yeah. So from childhood to when I turned 21 and my dad had moved down a few years back uh, before me to uh, Del Mar. And I visited him a few times and I absolutely loved it. So I migrated south to get away from all that rain and all the dark clouds. <laughs> yes. It was starting to depress me a little bit up there. <laughs> I get it. And I'd come down here and everybody was happy and, you know, yeah. in bikinis and whatnot. So as far as cars, my dad and my brother were really into cars. My brother was constantly rebuilding engines, even engines that he didn't have to. He just really enjoyed taking them apart. And, and I saw that. But for me, since I was much younger, I didn't get into cars that way. I just got into them like most kids do, just watching TV, you know, Knight Rider with Kit, the Pontiac Firebird. Oh, yeah. And my favorite, the Dukes of Hazard, generally 69 Dodge Charger. So, <laughs> so that's really, you know, my first thing was to watch these muscle cars on television and uh, get into them. And my dad also had a, a late 60s. I think it was a 67 uh, Mustang Fastback. Ooh. And our family... People mover was a 1970 or maybe it was a 69. I can't remember, but it was one of those Ford Country Squire oh, yeah. LTD station wagons <laughs> with yeah, the has, wood grain on the side. Exactly, it yeah. had that lovely dark pea green color and the faux wood paneling. And oh, yeah. so the uh, the family truckster, as I call it, yep. uh, you know, uh, 
uh, was my first car that I actually was able to drive. But my first car that was able to call my own was an 82 Honda Civic. It wasn't anything too exciting. <laughs> so later on in life, I got what I would call my first enthusiast vehicle, an F-150. And I was so into that that I started a website called F-150 World. It was a lot of DIY articles, how to do things to it. And that turned into Ford Truck World. That turned into a network of automotive enthusiast forum sites with a few million users. Wow. And then those sites spawned print magazines. So I was into editorial quite a bit. Now, after that venture, my passion for automotive turned into uh, a news and article website called Truck Blog, which eventually turned into Motors TV. And that's what I've been producing for the past 10 years. Yeah, you've been a busy guy doing all sorts of <laughs> cool things. This is, you know, this is really fun. I see a really exciting path there. And I kind of think of myself with this Cars Yeah podcast of all the things that could come out of this and the relationships with people, which is really what cars are all about. And uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm laughing at the the station wagon because we had the <laughs> uh, the pea green Vista Cruiser station wagon when I was uh-huh. growing up down there. I grew up in, yep. La, in La Jolla and it had those right. cool windows up above that my sister and I could look yep. at them. We had our own visors even, which is cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, those things are kind of fun. But uh, yeah, yeah, so you're down there in sunshine. I'm up here in the rain. Thanks a lot, Chris. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, now you could come back, Mark. I know, I know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's gotten a little expensive down there. I mean, huh. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Tell me about it. I know it is. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that has some great meaning for you. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Chris, take the wheel. Well, let me let me ease into it. So first, let me start by saying that I'm self-taught. I, I never went to college. And from working at Microsoft within weeks of graduating from high school since I lived up there, I was a systems engineer. I learned how to program in multiple languages. I learned how to work on cars. I learned how to produce a television show and distribute it just about everything I've taught myself so I guess you could say that my mantra in life is to not hesitate when you want to do something that you dream about and just figure it out find a way I know so many people who have come up with great ideas but they never bother to execute them now Mm -hmm. it's not easy because it takes a lot of time and dedication I know that I'll admit that as I get older I execute a lot less because I need a lot more sleep but there were a lot of (laughs) yeah there were a lot of days in my past you could just ask my wife where four or five o'clock in the morning was my regular bedtime. I slept in, but those precious hours were perfect because nobody was awake and no one was bugging me. So the the hardest part of this is that people want to do something, but they don't know how, and they they can't even get off the ground. And by figuring out that first step is the key. And here's the deal. It's easier to learn than ever these days with all the DIY articles out there, websites, YouTube, and Google is always your friend. Or just ask around, but don't give up. Follow your passion and your interest. And I hate to say it, it's like Nike, but just do it. Like yeah. if you want to, if you want to do it, do it. Just like you with your podcast, you know, with me and my show. Just if you want to do it, just figure it out and do it. Yeah, I'm You'll glad. Figure it out. I'm glad you said that. You know, my guests that were just on yesterday are two guys from the Pacific Northwest. They have a a vlog called Ideal Cars, and uh-huh. you may have heard of them, Brad and Trav, and they said the same thing, and these guys left great jobs at Microsoft, and one is an Audi technician, to start this dream of telling people what they were doing. They're all about raising, uh, buying cars and then flipping cars and how to fix them up and all that, but you're right. You just have to sit down and do it, and I learned how to build my own website watching YouTube videos. I mean, yeah, I'd never done yeah. that before. I learned yeah. how to, to record. So, but you got to get up and do it. And I like the idea. I mean, you're kind of flipping me. You stay up late. I'm a guy who gets up very early in the morning because you're right. The phones aren't ringing. Nobody's bothering yeah. you. It's quiet. 
but you just have to do it. So great insight, great inspiration. Let's go back in time into your life. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy? Yeah. Now, I've, I've never told this story to anyone, oh, actually. Oh, got I, a I don't scoop. Even know, I don't even know if I told my wife this. Uh-oh. It, it's, it's not a huge deal. But when I was a kid living up in Washington, in, in Bellevue there, there was this uh, small motorcycle. And it, it, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the year, make, model. I must have been 10 or 11. I was just a kid. But it had these. it was kind of a short motorcycle. That's why I thought it was made for a kid. It kind of had these fat tires. And it belonged to a neighbor of ours that was up the street, uh, up up and around. It was like on the opposite end of where our house was. And every time I rode my bike up there, they'd have their garage door open. I would go and check it out. And one day it was for sale. And I just remember bugging and begging my dad to buy it for me. And, of course, he didn't as he was a responsible parent, right? Yes, right. No way would he or I now as a parent do that. So I totally understand why I didn't get it. But I never I never got that little motorcycle. And to this date, the only motorcycle that I've ever had was a moped that I used to deliver the Seattle Times. That was my first you know, job uh-huh. up there. Um, and I think it was that first, that was the first moment though. And other than watching cars on TV and looking at car magazines, the next big moment was when I got my first car, that Honda Civic that I mentioned, and got that aftermarket bug for a huge car audio system. Now, unlike my brother who is into engines and performance, my passion that during that time was car audio. And I put, I probably put more money into that little Honda Civic and car audio equipment than the car was worth. But (laughs) it was, it was awesome though. (laughs) I loved it. Yeah. You know, I love, uh, well, thanks foremost for sharing a story about that motorcycle. I understand my mom did let me get a mini bike and then a Trail 70, but I could only ride it when we go camping. Uh, obviously, she wouldn't let me ride on the streets, although I did figure out a way yeah. to ride it into junior high, kind of in the, the back bike pass and stuff like that. But don't tell my mom. She, <laughs> she finds out I'm going to be in big trouble. I promise. Yeah, I promise thank you. Won't. But uh, yeah, I had a Carmi Ghia 67 when I was in high school and I put more into the sound system than the car cost me. But that's what you did back then. So very cool. Yeah, And and, and actually later on in life, I just realized this, that I I bought um, a little 50cc quad for my daughter way back when, when we were into uh, going out to the desert. I had a toy hauler and Mm -hmm. that's when I had my first truck and we would go out there and um, I had a a quad, a a Yamaha Banshee. And I bought my daughter a little 50cc quad and and she loved it. But maybe that's why I bought it for her because I never got that motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah, we do that for our kids. I've done the same thing. Absolutely. Although my wife would not... Not let me buy any of my kids a motorcycle. My son wanted one, but she let me ride them, and I rode bikes for a while. But uh, they're dangerous, that's for sure. It's not the rider; it's the other people with their face yeah. and their phones. Yeah. Well, what yeah, I exactly. want to do, Chris, is take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down. Now you've evolved into you're like a chameleon. You've evolved into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I love the way you pivoted your career. It's really fascinating to me. But I would love for you to take us down a road that shares a big challenge or even a big failure because we learn from these things. So take us to one of yours. Tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Sure. The biggest challenge for me, I would say, was growing up behind a computer and having so much knowledge of various technologies, hardware, software, and knowing how to put it all together to make something great. And I ran several successful businesses, including one that I sold in the late 90s unintentionally. It was a series of developer websites for programmers. So like imagine a news site maybe for Volkswagens, but it was specific to a programming language. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they picked up a lot of steam real fast. Like 
like this was less than a year. And before I know, knew it, it, they had sold for close to six figures. Wow. This was during those dot-com days yeah. that were that a lot of people talk about. And, and yes, I was somehow able to get a taste of that personally with it. Um, so with that money, I it was just cash. I bought my uh, mother-in-law a much-needed brand-new car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's it was either the next day or maybe it was that same day. I want to say it's that same day because that's a better story. I went out and paid cash again for the vehicle that I wanted, which was a brand new 2000 Ford F-150. I'd been seeing them uh, a lot around town here in San Diego, and it was just something that I, I knew I really wanted to get into. And I did big time, so much in fact that I started building a career out of it. I realized that my passion for cars at an early age and then later on in life, I realized that it could be a full-time job for me if I kept at it. So my biggest challenge was how do I leave my tech background that, you know, with a high paying job for my passion? Yeah. It took, it took about 15 years, but it finally happened. <laughs> it, it, it's a long time, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a true challenge. So it's what I do full-time now and I couldn't be happier. It ta- taught me that persistence does pay off yeah. and what everybody keeps saying about it is true. If you love what you do and you work hard and long enough at it, your dreams will come true. It's cheesy, it, but it's true. Well, it is true. And I love that you shared that story and thank you. And, you know, I want to shout out to Deb Pollock who put us together. Deb's been a guest on the show. Yeah, thanks, no, Deb. Known her for a long time. She's just awesome. And uh, I love that you share that story again. It's that message again for folks out there that I hope are listening to the show that aren't happy with what they're doing and they just want to do something around their field of passion with cars. And I've had 900, you're my 960th guest here. I've had 959 people before you (laughs) that, and even more than that, because some of the shows have multiple people like yesterday's show, but that have figured it out. And you hit the nail on the head. I, I think the challenge I hear from some young people is it's not happening fast enough. 15 years yeah. for you. I've been into this for almost four years. It's still not where I want it to be. The company I was with before took a long time to get to a profitable point. It takes time, right? Yeah, yeah. it does. It yeah. does, but it does pay off. And and it's the long haul. Uh, yeah. You know, it's definitely not an overnight success. And the big thing for me, too, was giving up a, a pretty big salary. I don't make, make nearly as much as I, I did back at the, you know, when I was in the tech world yeah Yeah, the tech world so i took a huge pay cut but i'm a lot happier and that means a lot to me i can spend more time with my family and i'm less stressed out so it's a big change it is it is and and like you said nowadays there are so many tools that we can get to that are virtually free to use online you can build websites for nothing you can have websites for pennies podcasting, all these kinds of things. So, yeah, it is possible. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. Now, I think you've had a lot of aha moments in your career, I'm guessing, because you've pivoted so much. But is there one big aha moment when those headlights came on and kind of illuminated a new direction for you that you could share? Yes, there is one of those. Um, So I've been doing, uh, I was doing automotive editorial for online and print for years. The photos were small. The descriptions were small. You kind of had to, you're limited in space in print. And on the web, you had a little bit more space. You could do whatever you wanted. But for the most part in print, you were very limited. And uh, around that same time, I was also watching a lot of car shows on television and realized that they were skipping so much that I wanted to learn. The frustrating thing for me is that And I've said this before, they would go to commercial break and they still do it. They go to commercial breaks and they come back from the commercial breaks and 
boom, like all the hard stuff that I wanted to know. <laughs> it was all done. <laughs> it's all done. And they go, okay, well, so we just did all the, the hard electrical wiring that yeah. you probably wanted to figure out, but you know. We're not yeah, going to show you. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. So it was frustrating. So, so having zero experience being in front of the camera and not even wanting to be in front of the camera under any circumstance, and believe me, there were some opportunities for me to be in front of the camera to do interviews and things like that. I just, I didn't want to have anything to do it. I just tried it out one day. I had to do a Magnaflow exhaust install on my F-150 for the site that I was running at the time. And I just decided, oh, what the hell, I'll film the process as well. And so the end result was well-received and that was it. So the aha moment for me was the feedback from everyone that saw that pilot episode, I guess you could call it. And it's still online on YouTube. It's the first episode of Motors TV. Back then it was called Truck Blog TV. <laughs> but people that I didn't even know, that I've never even met, that I showed it to in the automotive industry watched it and they said, you know what? That was really good. You're a natural and you need to do more, a lot more. Cool. And here I am 10 years later and the, you know, the eighth season and almost a hundred episodes and I'm still doing it. So I love that feedback. And so that really was that moment when, when somebody else said, Hey, you, you do this well, keep doing it. You know, the takeaway I get from you here, Chris, is step outside of your comfort zone. Oh my God. Try something <laughs> that you think you shouldn't be doing or you can't do because that's yeah. where the magic happens. Cause you said you didn't want to get in front of the camera, but you went in and tried uh. it. And that launched things, and that is where the magic happens, right? Yeah, and, and you watch that first episode, and it's it's, it's painful, awesome. probably. Yeah, it's kind of fat, but it's kind of funny, yeah. and it's kind of fun because I'm I'm just wearing a white t-shirt and some some jean shorts, and my garage looks like you know a regular home garage. Yeah. It doesn't look like the studio that it is now, and and I just look super green. I look super, but but you could tell I was having fun with it, right? Well, and, and that's it. That's and, the key. But yeah. I didn't want to have to do with being I, I wanted nothing to do with being in front of the camera. And so it was it was really that that push to say, just try it. See what happens. Well, we're all happy you did it, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you just do an awesome job. So thank you for stepping outside of that comfort zone. Well, how about a proudest career or business moment? I would assume you've had lots of those moving through time, all the things you've done. But is there one you could share with us? Um, I've got, I've got a couple and, cool. and one is, one is, is actually stepping outside my comfort zone outside the box. And this happened early on. So I started motors in 2008. In 2009, um, I was approached by eBay motors and what they wanted me to do is they wanted me to take the show, my motor show to the SEMA show. And at the, right next to the Ford booth, they had some space. And they provided me a brand new F-150 and a brand new Mustang. And they said, okay, so for the four days of the show, we want you installing products live and filming it while people walk around and see you doing this. Up until that point, everything was filmed here in my studio mm -hmm. with maybe one or maybe two other people. That's all I was comfortable with. So now taking it to the, you know a live event at SEMA. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, with a full on crew, like it wasn't even as far as my crew, it was like five or six people that were there helping me out and assisting me. So that was a huge career moment for me to to step out of the studio and do something on a grand scale like that. Wow. And that was a proud career moment. And after that was all over with, it was just a sense of 
accomplishment that mm-hmm. I've never felt before in my entire life to say I did that like that actually happened and you know I watch watch some of the video now and it's it's a little awkward for good reason but it still happened it went well and everybody was happy so yeah one of the other ones kind of has an interesting origin which is through social media through Twitter again this happened early on within the first couple of years of the show I was looking for a tool sponsor because I, I had limited tools I had no budget. And I was looking for a tool sponsor. And I had sent out emails and letters to five or six different tool manufacturers. And I either heard nothing back or I heard, you know, sorry, not at this time. One day I did this again through Twitter. And I don't know how they picked up on it, but Sears picked up on it and they responded and said, yes, we'd love to get involved with you. And that turned into several phone calls where they basically said, we will get, we want everything in your studio, in your shop to be from Sears. And we have all these different brands of tools you could pick from or whatever you want. And I gravitated towards Craftsman because mm-hmm. that's what I have had for the most part. And it was just this great relationship that built from that show through social media. And that also turned into another big thing, which was in the last five Sears tool catalogs that have come out, mm-hmm. it was discontinued because print and um, they just go online now but the last five Sears tools catalogs I was in as a spokesperson (laughs) Chris Duke Motors TV next to some craftsman tools with a little quote and uh, that's something really proud to see you know that uh, something that I've worked so hard for to kind of develop into that was just fun to see so oh yeah well my takeaway from those stories is again like going to SEMA talk about trying something (laughs) SEMA that's like huge Uh So that's massive. But taking the advantage of seeing opportunity and grabbing onto that opportunity, like with Sears and Craftsman, and running with it, and you just never know what will happen. So, yeah, yeah, kudos to you for that. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your first really special car. You mentioned a car, but I want to talk about the first car that you got that was really special for you. What was that vehicle? Going back to what we were talking about before, it is that 82 Honda Civic hatchback. And and the reason is, is because, you know, back then I was in high school. It was a used car and it wasn't anything too crazy, but it was my first car and also the first vehicle that I modified heavily. Now, the modifications weren't anything that you could see, though, because but it could be it it was able to be heard it was just it was just basically a rolling boom box you couldn't see anything different about the vehicle <laughs> but i didn't build it to be super loud and obnoxious i i built it to sound really good so to that end i spent a lot of times uh, working on the interior of the vehicle i buried like i think it was an 11 band alpine equalizer behind the vents and the dash so at night you'd see these 11 little dots behind the uh cool. you know the the grill yeah. the, the dash and i had an image processor i had this bass boost knob i had tons of amps and speakers and of course a 10 disc cd changer that was you know all the rage at the time and in the in the back the hatchback part of it i built a custom ported subwoofer enclosure on my own that filled that entire hatchback area. So there wasn't any storage in the back. It was just a giant speaker instead. So, so not only that was also the car that I drove when I moved from Washington state down to California in 1990 with my dad who passed away in, in 2011. So that car gave me so many memories and no mechanical issues that I I can recall. It was rock solid. And so it was special for a lot of reasons. Yeah. You know, the, Okay, 82, you said, right? The 82 yeah. Honda Civic. You know what's yep. interesting about that car to me, and some people may roll their eyes, but stop and take a look at it. I had my first new car was a 79 Scirocco. And uh-huh, if you look at the, those. if you look at the profile of that 82 Civic hatchback, and they're pretty darn close. Now the Honda is a smaller car, a little bit smaller car, 
but very much the same. And of course, those eighties hatchbacks were so cool. I mean, there was yeah. just they were the cars to have. So nice story. <laughs> I think the Scirocco had like a, a longer nose on it, though. A longer, longer nose, yeah, yeah, and a little bigger behind the, the rear axle back. Just a little bit bigger car, but I had that car for 10 plus years. It was a great car. Uh, took yeah. good care of us. Well, how about Seller's Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you let go that you wish you had back? You know, none that I can think of, to be honest, but I know that I'm going to feel that way when I sell my 20, uh, my 2005 F-150 because it's it's my third truck and it's also the one that I wanted to build. It has everything that I ever wanted to do to it, all the toys and just all the little silly stuff. And, and I love the way that it looks. It's a one of a kind truck that turns heads wherever it goes. And um, I've also owned that the longest of any vehicle that I can remember about 11 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is a yeah. long time to have so, a car. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to share what has you excited and fired up here in the new year. Well, we're just into February here, but it's 2018, so the year is young and new. What have we got to look forward to with Chris Duke this year? Well, a lot more of motors. Uh, the past couple of years kind of been going through a little, a bunch of changes on the business side of things. And so fewer episodes were produced that I wanted to produce. And a lot of the projects, um, I put a lot put a lot more into a single episode. So in other words, one episode where I squeezed in, you know, five or six different modifications really fast could have probably turned in easily to five or six episodes. Mm -hmm. So the end result is, is fewer episodes were produced. And so want to get into a regular basis of doing that and also produce um, more educational type things because those have always uh, done really well. Like I've got episodes about everything you ever want to know about towing, everything you ever want to know about spark plugs, diesel engines, things like that. So I want to do more education type things. And, and also the other big change that's going on this year is I'm making some changes to the show. It's going to be a little bit less structured. It's going to be more casual. I've got a different intro that's a lot shorter. Um, I've got a brand new studio that's been completely renovated now that it's its 10-year uh, anniversary. Wow. Um, so it's going to look different on camera. Uh, it's going to be more casual. It's going to be a lot more fun. And um, so I'm really looking forward to uh, getting started with the eighth season of the show. Oh, it sounds like fun. And, and again, congratulations for all the shows and all the seasons and everything you've done. Tell our listeners real quick, how can they find you? How can they watch the show? They can find the show at motors.tv. Now it's motors with a Z at the end. So you got to misspell it. M-O-T-O-R-Z dot TV. And it's available, like you said, at the top of uh, the podcast on television in over 200 million homes. It's on cable uh, broadcast. It depends on your area. It's not on a major network like Velocity. It's on smaller networks. So if you can't find it, if you go to your program guide and you search for motors with a Z, you can't find it. You can also watch it online. Full episodes are available through the website on YouTube, uh, Roku, if you've got that through iTunes, like your podcast, and a whole bunch of other places. Very cool. Well, I'll remind our listeners that I will put links to this on Chris's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. So if you're driving right now or running or biking or whatever you're doing, <laughs> when you get home, just go to carsyad.com, type in Chris Duke, and you will find that page with all the links. I would encourage you to check out what Chris is doing. It is really fun, and you'll learn a lot of things too, which is even better. All right, here's a very introspective question for you, Chris. I love this question. If Chris was a car or a truck, what would he be and why? 
Well, I would say a pickup truck. And, and the reason is... <laughs> Why did is I the, think you were going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course. Uh, it's just because there's unlimited customization. Op- and now, this is my opinion, of course. Mm-hmm. Everybody can, can differ, but there's just unlimited customization options. You can, you can customize cars, of course. There's a lot of them out there. I see tons, hundreds at SEMA every year. But you can customize a truck even more, mainly because you can also lift it in addition to lowering it. And it's got a bed that you can do a lot with. So a pickup truck. But you, you can also bring out a theme more, again, my opinion, to the extent that you can't do uh, with a car. And a perfect example of my my journey along the way here is I, I took a break. I had my first two trucks and I said, OK, I'm going to get I'm going to get some muscle car or something that maybe works a little bit better with the family. So I got a, a Chrysler 300C uh-huh. V8 Hemi. Yeah. And I found that there just wasn't much that I wanted. It was a good it was like a perfect car. There wasn't much I could do to it. And the one thing that I did do to it, I changed the exhaust to an aftermarket exhaust. But this engine, the MDS, multi-displacement system, it would go from eight cylinders to four when you're just cruising along yep. on the road. Right. Cut off yeah. four cylinders. Very cool. The problem with that is it drastically changes the exhaust note. And so every time... It went from eight cylinders down to four. There was just this obnoxious drone sound <laughs> in, in the car. Now, since then, aftermarket manufacturers have wised up to it, and they've they've somehow figured out how to get past that. But it was just that one thing that I did just made me want to get rid of the car. So I did, actually. I didn't have that car much longer and went back to a truck. So I would say a truck. Yeah. Well, everybody loves a truck, and I think that's why everybody loves you, Chris. So that makes perfect <laughs> sense. I think it's great. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school, way back in 1975. But Covercraft has much more to offer than just vehicle covers. This time of year is very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Rain, snow, dirt and mud gets into the carpet and the seats, grinding away and destroying the original materials. It's important to preserve and protect your special ride with Covercraft floor mats and seat covers. That's what I do. They offer a wide variety of styles, colors, and materials, all designed to fit like a glove. They're easy to install and provide for anchor points and airbags for safety and a perfect fit. Protecting your vehicle adds value when you go to sell it, too. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me, and your vehicle will thank you as well. That's Covercraft.com, and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. 
All right, Chris, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers since I know you like exhaust systems. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I don't remember who it was that I received this from, but it was a while ago. Uh, but it's get a scan tool. All trucks mm. and cars from 1996 on on forward have an OBD2 port underneath the dash. And yep. if your check engine light ever goes off, it can save you a lot of frustration, time, and headaches by plugging a scan tool yep. in. Just keep it in your vehicle, and you find out what the problem is, or at least you have a code. And this can save you a lot of financial hardship because sometimes you don't know what that code means. And you can look it up, and you can figure out whether or not it's safe to even continue to drive the vehicle and that could save you a lot of money because you could you know wreck your engine if you're not supposed to drive it and so i i tell people this all the time get one of these things do some research on it sometimes you can even fix it yourself or at least you know search your year making model and the code that comes off the scan tool plug that into google you'll get some answer you just educate yourself so that if you do have to take it to a shop you know what's going on it's a great, great piece of advice, and you don't have to be technical, and those scan tools have become very affordable as well, so it's not like oh, yeah. a real expensive thing you have to buy, but that's great advice. Now, how about a personal habit? Is there one that you have you believe has contributed to your many successes? And again, I tell people this all the time. It it never hurts to ask, no matter how ridiculous, no matter how out of the box it might be. It's just a great way to get ahead in life, and I tell everybody this, and even people that are like kind of shy from asking me a question mm-hmm. on social media or whatever, you know, cause I'm a host of some TV show or whatever. I, I just say, you know, just, just ask me, I'm a normal guy. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I think. And, and sometimes it, it generates a success in people. It's generated success for me. I, I just think out of the box. Don't be afraid to ask. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the president. Just ask. Yeah. You get far. It, it's you amazing. Know, it really is great advice. I wish I'd known you back in high school. I would have had more dates. Uh, never hurts to ask. Yeah, I wish I learned that lesson way too late. So yeah, I think it applies there too. Although I I don't have much experience. Yeah, there. yeah me neither. I was far far too shy. But <sighs> but you're right. It yeah, just ask because uh, yeah. the other thing I've heard is when you get a no, think of that as no, not right now. You said that earlier in our conversation. That no doesn't mean always no. It may just mean no, not right now. Maybe another yeah. time. So great advice. Now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources like your show out there for people to learn from. Is there a resource that you like you could share? Yeah, it's um, it's Jalopnik. Um, yeah. It's a it's a good mix of news, opinions, interesting bits, educational bits, and I'm a huge fan because of my tech background. Like actually. If I had to pick one side, I would say Gizmodo, which is in the same family. I think Gizmodo owns Jalopnik or something like that. But it's just a good, wholesome site. And I, I spend a lot of time on both of those sites. Yeah, it's great. Matt Hardigree, who's the editor-in-chief there, has been yep. a guest on my show and a couple other people from ah. Jalopnik. So uh, now you guys are alumni, Cars yeah, alumni. So that's pretty cool. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Mark Green. Oh, come on. Duh. We've already got that going. (laughs) Well, we haven't had a drink yet. No, but we will. We will. Yeah, when we connect, we will for sure. But Yeah, anybody that knows me would would understand this one. It's Tim Allen. Uh, Uh, He's a huge car guy. Yeah. Uh, He's he's one of my favorite actors, and he's been in so many shows and movies that I love, from Home Improvement to our our family favorite during Christmas time, The Santa Claus. Yes. um, Home Improvement 
his uh, 90s sitcom has provided a lot of inspiration to me of my own improvement show. There's been things that I've done in the past on the show that, that mimic a lot of the things that were done on, um, on home improvement or tool time and the, the show within the show. Yeah. In fact, the tagline for my show is automotive improvement, which is very similar to home improvement. Yes. And I even went so far as to register it as trademarks. So anybody that uses automotive improvement anywhere. Yeah. Can't have it. Book, it's already taken. Can't. Yeah. So, <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, I would say Tim Allen just because of uh, of all of that. And I've got a lot of original set props and signs and stuff in the studio. It's oh, just, fun. I love watching the show. It's yeah. beautiful, some family entertainment. His show was awesome. And I, yeah. I would love to have him be a guest here. He's a hard guy to get to, like a lot of big, big celebrities and oh my gosh, movie yeah. stars are. But I'm going to find somebody out there who knows him that could put in a good word. I think he just seems so down to earth and like a genuine person. I've run into him in a couple sh- car shows in the past and he always stops to say hello. It's kind of like a Jay Leno, if you will. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind and, and he's just a true blue car guy. He really is a car guy. I mean, he knows cars, loves cars. So. Oh, yeah. And you can see that on, on the show. Yeah. Even on his new show. Exactly. So, so yep. uh, well, when I finally get him on here, I'll make sure I put in a good word so you guys yeah. can get together. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to give up. Uh, yeah. How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you'd like to share with the Cars yeah audience? Uh, most of mine are Chilton's or Haynes Repairman, ah, to be yes. honest. <laughs> yes. Uh, but but uh, if there's one that I could recommend, it's called uh, Start With Why, and it's by Simon Sinek. Oh, and I you love probably that. Heard. Yes. Yeah. So and what I would recommend to your listeners is to first begin by going to YouTube and search for Simon TED Talk. He did a TED Talk yes. many, many years ago. It's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, the result that pops up with over like 7 million views, I think. And um, his books are based on that idea, which is to figure out what your why is, which is your purpose, your belief uh, in life. And finding your why leads to success. And it's helped lead to my success. And I highly recommend everybody checks it out. Now, if you want, I can use myself as an example, because I think it's hard for people to understand what I'm talking about. So he talks about the the what, the how, and the why. And my personal success isn't what I do. Yes, I created a, and produced and host a great educational entertainment uh, car show for 10 years and almost 100 episodes. And it's not about how I do it. And yes, I spent a lot of time researching how to make it available to everyone for free via satellite, uh, satellite cable broadcast television online and demand. It's about a why I do it. And I do it because it makes others feel so good when they do something for themselves. It's an amazing sense of accomplishment. It builds self-esteem. And I see that. That's why I started it. It also has this secondary effect of making you feel good inside when you're able to educate others when they need the help. Now, I do what I do because it makes me feel great. And I hear from viewers how my show helps them. Mm. They see my why, although they may not realize it when they're watching, um, how much fun, just in seeing how much fun I have on camera and how excited. I am to be on camera or even through social media or email when they reach out and I try to help them. Um, I don't ignore them and I'm genuinely curious about their problem or helping them. And when you realize your why, you become more passionate about what you do and you have that reason for springing out of bed in the morning to do more of it. I'm so glad you brought him up because uh, that is a key part for me in life as well. And if you talk to my children who are now grown adults, but they still hear from me, when they pass ideas along, I always mm-hmm. say, why? Yeah. And sometimes they go, Dad, stop asking me that question. I say, well, I haven't heard a good answer yet to why. <laughs> but you're, you're right. So, yeah, I'll make sure I put a link to that Simon Sinek TED Talk yeah. and the book on yeah, the Cars. Oh, absolutely. On the Cars yeah website. And my listeners know all you have to do is go to CarsYow.com, type in Chris Duke into the search bar. All those links will be right there for you to easily access. So check it out. Figure out Ooh. your why. 
That yeah. will get you through life. It is so, so important. All right. We are up to the checkered flag, Chris. And this last question, it can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car to drive up and down the coast highway, down there, Highway 1, the beautiful beaches of Del Mar and La Jolla and Solana Beach mm-hmm. and Estenese Carlsbad. But you got to keep it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of F1 trucks with. But money <laughs> is no object today. I'm footing yeah. the bill. So what's it going to be and why? Well, uh, let me ask you. Yes. You know, you, you know me fairly well at this point and uh, doing your Oprah-style interview and drilling <laughs> me with all your questions. So what do you think it might be? I mean, I was born in 1969. I grew up in the 80s. What, what do you think? I already oh. mentioned the car once. Yeah. Well, is it going to be a Mustang? No. No? No. Oh, what did I miss here? <laughs> now, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, you're yeah. you're going to have to tell me. I'm sorry. All right. So, yeah, and I've looked into this before, and they're just super expensive, even to buy a rust bucket and okay. to build it up. But it would be an exact generally replica. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. You know, and the funny thing is, there was just a video on Facebook of some poor soul that did something crazy and launched his car across the center divide into the second floor of a dentist's office in Santa yep. Ana, California. Yeah, I just posted that on my Facebook this okay. morning. Okay, well, it. Yeah. my comment my <laughs> comment when I've seen that is the Duke boys would be proud. So uh, there's some reason this all happened here today. So a copy, not the copy, but one of the original General Lees, but didn't they destroy all those cars? Um, I, I think they did for the most part. I think there's there's some or, or parts, but uh, yeah, on my Facebook page, it's kind of funny, but I, I shared that video of it launching because uh, somebody caught it, yeah. caught it launching on a dash cam. I and, saw that. And my comment is, yeehaw, like <laughs> Bo and Luke yeah. do. Well, we're thinking alike here. <laughs> so that's perfect. So I'll tell you what yeah. I'll do. I've talked to so many great builders, fabricators, restorers on the show. I've got somebody I can line up to build you a perfect Generally, we can even put some maybe modern components so it's a little more comfortable. Air conditioning actually right. works. Brakes are a little better yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think we could have some fun with that. However that horn went. I don't know. I didn't do that very well. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Very nice. Well, you're going to look like a movie star driving up down the coast highway down there. Yeah, and the funny thing is I'm not a big fan of orange cars. That's the only orange car that I would drive, though. Well, I've got kind of a cool orange Porsche Turbo I should send you a picture of. You might like my car. I affectionately call it my orange crush. Oh, yeah, but I'll send you a picture of that. Well, Chris, you've taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would. I really enjoyed learning more about you. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us maybe a parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset or launch that car over a bridge or whatever (laughs) you're going to do in that general Lee? Well, Mark, I'm constantly working hard to make what I do even better, even the things that people think that I do well, from camera equipment, editing tools, being on camera, the studio, distribution, and everything in between. So my parting advice is to never take anything for granted, including your success. Constantly challenge yourself and try to be a better you. And others uh, treat others with uh, kindness and respect because that karma thing actually is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of a Kaizen effect in life. Always sharpening the saw. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along and watch your show? 
My website is chrisduke.tv, and I'm on social media, especially on Instagram. That's where I'm at most of the time these days, uh, at chrisduketv, just with my website, just like my website, but without the dot. But I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and a bunch of other places. So there best thing go. to do is hit up my website. And how did I blow that question with the last name of Duke? Oh, my gosh. I'm totally embarrassed. The Duke boys, you're one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeehaw. I'll do better next time. Well, listeners, again, <laughs> you can find links to everything we've talked about here today on Chris's show notes page on CarsYeah.com. Just type Chris Duke into the search bar. Watch the roadways for that orange car coming up behind you because it might be Chris and you better pull over because uh, you never know what might happen. <laughs> Chris, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your many wonderful experiences with the Cars Yeah audience until you and I talk again. I will see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!